The Strut Podcast is a presentation of 5403 Productions. Strut Nation, Teal Nation, welcome to the Strut. This is Chili, giving a little bit of introduction. Well, what are we going to say? We had the James Madison game Saturday. We own it. We're going to talk about that, go into some stats, talk about not what could have been, but what actually was. Let's just be honest, it wasn't pretty. 47-7 final score against James Madison at James Madison, but we're going to talk about Troy as well. we got to get ready for a championship game. So sit back, relax. You're listening to the Strut. TD, Info Joe, Teal Nation, Strut Nation. Welcome to 54 minutes of the headed to the title game. We wouldn't be a target without some acclaim. Conference title is our game. We're on the way to postseason without any shame. Aiming for two more wins, beating some good teams and some has-beens. Shawnee victory tour in Troy soon begins. Shawnee, I messed it up, Joe. Championships have no shortcut. On ice cream, I like walnuts. Two, three, four, hut, you're listening to the strut. I'm going to recover now, TD. This week's episode title brought to you by the Alumni Association is the second fall of Troy. <laughs> one day I'm going to get through third? one complete one, Joe, and not worry about messing that one little line that gets me every single time. Mm, that's that tough, got man. Me it got is, it, is it the second fall of Troy or the third fall of Troy? Well, so I went for, um, for historical no, I mean, purposes. I'm talking about us. This is going to be, I mean, this, this could be the third okay. time. Yeah, and I'm going to look that up we... as we're doing this this episode tonight and make sure. But I was just speaking just historically because, you know, I don't know if you guys are watching Brad Pitt's Troy to get ready for this game or not. But just trying to throw that out there that they did fall once to Greece all because of Helen. Mm. Helen. Daggum Helen. What the Helen is going on? What the <laughs> Helen is where, where's uh, where's Vince Lombardi when you What the hell is going on around here? <laughs> I should beat well, myself. Hey, hey. Hey, man. Well, hey, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in to another edition of the Strut Podcast. Uh, we are live here from the corner of Ninth and Collins of downtown Short Conway, as well as we are in uh, the greater Charleston area, in the greater Camden Lugolf area. And uh, so, uh, gentlemen, um, First of all, before we get into the game and all the challenges and the dreathers of it, uh, and we talk about the rest of the Sun Belt in a highlighted format because we know who our opponent is this week. There's no other game to talk about. So for those that, uh, as you can imagine, this podcast is going to be last week. We're going we're to get through that, and then we're going to really get into the championship piece to this and, and some other things. But 
Gentlemen, how was your Thanksgiving? That's the first question of the day. I ate way too much, and I think I'm still feeling it. There's no way you can really recover for a couple of days. Not even leftovers anymore at this point, TD. Not even that. I'm just still just full from it. And like I said last clean, week, huh? for you and for you, I guess TD stands for Thanksgiving Day. It does stand for Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, I had a great Thanksgiving. It was a lot of fun. Had a lot to eat. Had a road trip. Didn't uh, go great, but we ate well on the trip and uh, had an interesting you know, flight into, into Harrisonburg, especially when we touched down and did a little, uh, did a little you know, hop, skip, and a break check. But, uh, you know, didn't get the result we wanted. But other than that, had a great Thanksgiving weekend. Joe, can you, can you for those that don't know the situation, uh can, can you just elaborate just a hair more on the uh on the details of this fantastically well done landing uh by by our uh, flight crew <laughs> well you know you go to shenandoah valley regional up there which is about 15 miles south of harrisonburg and you know you're coming in you're, you're kind of vectoring in if you're coming in north to south you kind of vector in towards the mountain there and that's kind of interesting to watch if you're sitting on the window and you see that and you got to kind of drop down on a very short runway it's not a long runway, and we're on a 737-800 coming in there, full flight. And as soon as he put that thing down, I mean, it almost felt like we bounced. <laughs> and as soon as it, as soon as it grabbed hold, the tires grabbed hold. He went, Erp! and uh, head, you know, headphones went flying, and phones went flying, and whatnot. And people kind of looked around, and it's kind of like we started laughing when it was over. It's like you know, <laughs> it, it's not an un, unusual thing. It's not abnormal to have to do that. It's just. You know, going into that place with a short runway it was very interesting. <laughs> well, for those that uh, the reason I wanted to elaborate on it because normally Joe will, you know, he's he's pretty uh, he's he's pretty available for Chili and I when they're on the road, and we didn't hear from Joe for a little bit, and then I no, see you did. <laughs> then I see Joe Katz on Twitter and social media and, and Facebook make a post about something to do with the uh, the landing. That was an interesting landing or short landing. And uh, so well, I, I put to, some on Twitter too. I, I tweeted right out. I mean, that was a heck of a touchdown in, in, in Harrisonburg. But man, then I, I kind of I went radio silent after that for a while. My concern was, did we have a repeat of Lamar about five years ago? And that no. was no, <laughs> that was no, 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 no. Lamar was on takeoff into into a tropical storm, which lasted probably ten or fifteen minutes. I mean, that was just oh. No, I mean that. That you know, what what happened in Harrisonburg has no could hold no candle to what happened going to Lamar in 2016. Thank goodness. <laughs> well, gentlemen, do we want to get into the week that was? Well, I didn't. Well, my Thanksgiving, I forgot. My, yeah. my Thanksgiving was great. We had uh, we uh, we put uh, we put a big turkey and some deer loin on the college game day Traeger smoker, uh, and uh, and it was great. We uh, we picked everything clean. Uh, the sweet potato souffle didn't make it a day. Um, and the mashed potatoes didn't make it a day and a half. And Mama's gravy was was fantastic. Uh, we celebrated again three or four birthdays. And man, it was it was everything we could want more. Uh, we didn't have everybody over for Thanksgiving like we normally do for Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's just one of those years where it was off. But uh, it was good to just relax and sit back and take in an unfortunate, challenging game to watch. But we got through it, and here we are. Uh, oh, I just checked. I just checked the standings, and for all the JMU fans 
guess who's in the championship game Wait, at the top TD, of it? TD, before uh, you do that, are you, are you saying there's a Strut Podcast exclusive breaking news right now as you speak? Do you want to go ahead and break it, TD? Go ahead and say it real quick. Yes, I do. A smug, whining JMU fan that doesn't like the archaic rules any different than Coastal Carolina University or Georgia Southern or App State when collectively in the first year or second year of our transition, we either won the conference or we were eligible for the FCS playoffs as an independent with the equal amount of scholarships of our competition and we're not eligible to go, we understand. But I got one little thing for you. Shut up. Next year, take it over the NCAA. They're not going to grant you a waiver. So in 2024, have fun. But until then, from the rest of the conference, shut up. By the way, if you are in the Harrisonburg area, it's ESPN Channel 206 at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Channel Time, Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> have fun watching the East Division champions playing the West Division champions. Hey, hang on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That's got a, something just came across my printer here. Hold on. Uh -oh. Something just came across my printer. What? What? What is that? Is the, is oh. the JC wire. Look oh. there. Wait you a minute. See, Joe, what, what? What is that? What is, is that? that Joe, I'm can I read to, that out loud for people who don't watch to, us on YouTube? What is, what is, what is the dozens that, that don't I'm, see I'm it. Trying to, Does that say Sunbelt East Division Champions uh, Coastal Prince. Carolina Football? Yeah, Am no, I reading no, that right? And that that that. Yeah, I, I think you are. I, I, let's see. Does that come directly from the conference office? I, I think that? it just it just popped. Mm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What have I, what have I got? And what, what's that? Just uh, for clarifications. Oh, I mean, what, there it what, is. What, okay. what is. What is that? I mean, I, so, you know, and just I, my, sure, my eyes are kind of, hold on, my, i got glasses on here. What, and what, as the what, oldest look person at that, here, Joe, I can say, I, I can see it pretty well, but I also want to make okay. sure that we're all clear because we're all on the same page because we're all on the same conference that we all follow the same rules that um, by law, they, James Madison can't play in that game, which we're the Eastern Division champions. So, and that rule is something that everybody has to follow when they join the conference. Am I wrong on that? No. Everybody I, who, okay, I'm just making sure. I think so, you're right. And I, I, and I think those, that, those are, who are ineligible have an asterisk by their name, ineligible. There, there's an asterisk that says ineligible. So Joe, it, it's, it's kind of at lame. least that's how I've always. That's how I. I don't know, but y'all, y'all, y'all know this stuff better than me. Well, I just yeah, just to yeah, clarify, yeah. just just to clarify one more time, um, Joe, just to make sure we're clear that if someone calls you a name and you call them that same name back, it comes off kind of lame. So since they have an asterisk, guys, they can't really give us one back on Twitter, and it'd be a nearly as an effective thing to do. Is that correct? Well, that's kind of how I would think. You know, that's that's kind of what I think. So for all those, like, not to be childish with this any longer. No, let's be childish. For, for the JMU fans <laughs> listening, it's an archaic rule. We're not going to disagree with you. But, again, just shut up because you're making it worse on yourself. You're literally becoming, like, the villain of the Sun Belt. I mean, when you get Texas State fans telling you stop, hush, when Ark State fans, when Georgia State, when App State Georgia Southern fans, Reach out and say, dude, stop. Stop. Like, nobody disagrees with you. Just let it go. And here's the bad part about it. Go back and look at 2014 and 2015 when Georgia Southern App State ran the table. 
and they had to go and watch somebody else claim a title who had half as many wins as they did. How awful was that? At least you had to fight to the last week to get it. Anyways, I digress. Chili, let's go around the belt. Yeah, speaking of the belt, let's go around it. So, final scores from Saturday. Georgia State travels to Marshall. Marshall 28, 23 Georgia, uh, over Georgia State. JMU 47, good guys 7. South Alabama 27, Old Dominion 20. Troy 48, Arkansas State 19. Louisiana 41, Texas State 13. Southern Miss 20, ULM 10. God, I almost had that one right. Georgia Southern 51, App State 48. That was your week in the Sun Belt. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So, you know, you look at the West and what a year Troy and South Alabama have. I, I just want, I want to start there, look, because, look, we can go to the East and we can talk about that. We can lament on about whatever. Right, let, let's talk about the West, man. South Alabama and Troy – along with Coastal. Now, granted, our two losses were bad. ODU, who's 4-7, and seven, and JMU, who finished 8-4. and four. Uh, and, and with all due respect, great great year for JMU. All jokes aside, great year. A um, little different ecosystem than when us and App State, Georgia Southern. And that's not to take anything away from them, but I wanted to make this point of reference real quick before I get to the West and get y'all's thoughts on something. For those that listen to this, the ecosystem I'm referring to is the transfer, the transfer portal did not exist when App, Coastal, and Southern transitioned. If someone transitioned from a Power 5, Group of 5 team to one of those three schools during those transitions, it was before the portal existed. So therefore, those players would have had to sit out a year. Also, I'm going to touch on this later in this, is the IRA of Coastal towards App State, I'm all for remaining there. But the IRA needs to switch. And when I say the IRA, I mean the financial IRA, the competitive IRA, the overall robustness of that program and the depth of that program. Because let me tell you something. Don't blink. But there is the team that we need to keep our expectations and our goals towards that program. They are not a transitional school. Yes, they have an asterisk that says that. But I'm going to say it now. They have 80 scholarships in year one. There has never been a program. There has never been a program that went from FCS to year one transition and had 85 scholarship players. Additionally, you add the transport portal, they are not your historical transitional year one team. That is in no way taking anything away from their victory of their season. They got us good Saturday. That being said, what has transpired, Joe, in Chile in the West with South Alabama and Troy We all talked about these two teams. We all collectively, in our own way, talked about these two teams would be the two teams to win the West. And here they are. And it came down to the very last Saturday, the very last game, and they both won. And correct me if I'm wrong, Chili Joe, the only reason Troy's in because was that the head-to-head was because Troy beat South Alabama at yeah. South Al. Yes, that was the correct. only reason. That's what you want, man. That's what you want. In a title race, for uh, you want every team close down, but you want, you need some folks to separate themselves because if not, that means everybody's five hundred. But what a year for South Al! What a year for Troy! What a year for the West! And don't look now, but you you may have seen a transcendent year for those two programs. Um, 
and they're in the same position we are. They've got some young, quality coaches that uh, they've got new facilities either built or coming. And I, I tell you what, everybody said that you know the Sun Belt is not impressive because we don't have any of our teams ranked. And I'm gonna get Joe lathered up here, Chili. But there's no excuse why South Al and Troy should not be ranked right now in any poll or any CFP ranking whatsoever. There, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. But uh, man, the West looks strong the last few weeks. Yeah, no, I mean, no question about that. I mean, Troy is certainly a formidable opponent, and they will be on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that game. South uh, South Alabama, of course, they uh, finished up strong, too. They won their last five. I mean, Troy's on a nine-game winning streak. That's their longest winning streak since 1999. Louisiana got themselves bowl eligible. Southern Miss got themselves bowl eligible. In the East, Marshall. Hey, what? Right now, Marshall might be the best team in, in the East. I mean, they won their last four after – we went up there and won, and I think if you can ask me what Coastal Carolina's best win this season, I'm going to tell you, I think winning at Marshall the way we did, the way Marshall has finished up this season, I mean, that's a pretty good football team right now. And how about Georgia Southern? Kudos to them. They won the game of the week in the in the league. I was listening to that on the way back home from the airport on Saturday night, listening to my good friend Danny Reed down there, and uh, they they go to they have to <laughs> have to go to overtime to do it. But, uh, man, great win for them and uh, great win for uh, Clay Helton in his first season to get bowl eligible. So uh, a great, uh, great way for them to finish. And you know, your Appalachian State, you're six and six, but you're not going anywhere unless something crazy happens with these five and seven teams and they don't get enough eligible teams in. You know, I don't know. I don't think they're going. Uh, and, then, of course, they've already had some changes up there. You know, guys hitting the portal, a longtime assistant coach uh, is gone. So lots of stuff going on. Georgia State finishes up at four and eight, and then Old Dominion lost their last six. After they beat us, so it's, uh, it's been kind of a wild year in the league. Yeah, we should have some teams ranked, but uh, that's not the way it works, unfortunately, for the Sun Belt this season. I, that uh, AAC love is just too much. But uh, looking forward to the, uh, the the biggest game of the year coming up on Saturday, and the only two teams left standing. Didn't we kind of say at the beginning of the Sun Belt season that we were expecting it to be kind of like one of those conferences where everybody's kind of sitting real close together and the hatred? will just stew over different teams, even the ones you knew going in, like you knew us and App State just don't get along. But then there new new rivalries kind of got created and new hatred. And I say that in a nice way, a sports kind of rivalry hatred developed this year. I never saw, honestly, the um, the ire that we got from James Madison, even after they beat us the way they did Saturday, the way they continued to do so. And I'm not bringing that up just to have that discussion about the fans from there. I'm saying I didn't see – stuff like that coming, but we knew stuff like that was coming. You just didn't know where it was coming from. I just thought that was an interesting thing about this year. You didn't know where the hate was going to come from. You know, and, and again, Chili, it's amazing how this conference continues. So there's, there's various, there's areas of growth, right? There's areas of growth in any organization, company, family, conference. And in this, in this league, to Joe's point, Marshall finished eight and four. I would not want to play Marshall now, unlike mm -hmm. five weeks ago. I mm -hmm. think the most impressive week of our entire season was Marshall on the road, coming off of that embarrassing loss at ODU, followed by an app at home win, Nashville of five days later. And I, I want to remind folks, and I was by practice this afternoon, and Coach Chadwell and I just called her for a few minutes, and we were just touching on just the youth of the team, right? And how excited he is about the youth of the team. I said, Coach, I'll tell you what, we lost 17 and 22 starters. And 
he said, oh, no, we lost more than I said, what do you mean? He goes, we lost all three of our special teams leaders, too. He mm-hmm. said, so if you, if, if you lump those in, that's really 25 starters. He goes, we lost 20 of 25 starters. And that doesn't really change the number a whole lot, but the point is that's a lot of depth and experience that we've said this a thousand times already on this podcast. Y'all, let me for our listeners, we are overachieving for this year by leaps and bounds. We have played almost every underclassman possible who was eligible to play in the maximum of four games. We're going to be better for it next year. We're going to have to hit the portal for a few needs, probably more so than we ever have, but that's just the name of the game. Whether you like it, love it, or leave it, we'll address that later. Um, some assessments that I've made, that Joe and Chile have made, if you will, the, uh, the collective group here, there's some there's some needs there to be met, but we have overachieved. But to Joe, Joe referenced this, and Joe, thank you for bringing it up. Chile, you brought it up a little bit too, is, Georgia Southern going six and six, considering they had to completely change an offense and completely change a culture and completely, get, you know, come. I mean, for what it's worth, we pick on Georgia Southern, but has anybody really talked about the kid on top of the bus drinking a beer? No. You know why? I'm not trying. Well, Chili has, but fair point. But I, but outside of this podcast, it's, it's what I do. It's my thing. Yeah. We, and all seriousness, he's changed the mindset and a culture down there. And let me tell you something, the East and the overall Sun Belt, I mean, Marshall's going to be tough again next year. App, App State's got some we, – we tell some, App State's got some internal issues, man. They have got some internal issues that I don't think that program has ever dealt with probably since the Jerry Moore transition when they, they were at a vulnerable state there. App is at a very vulnerable situation. Texas State's in a new head coaching situation. I find it interesting Major Applewhite is the name that's being tossed out pretty hard on that. He's the OC at South Alabama. I could totally see him going back home to Texas, but I'm looking forward to the end of this year after we win these next two games and we're celebrating two championships to talk about what the Sun Belt is going to look like in 2023 and who's going to be surprised. But that's for a later later episode. But um, six and six, how many? So it gives us seven teams. And if you can't look, we'll throw JM year to make you feel better. We'll throw you in there. How many teams total that we have? Chili, who were bowl eligible, including JMU. You said it right. It was seven. That's right. Seven. Seven, yeah. seven of our 14 teams qualified for bowls, and one or two more were close, right? If they could have won maybe one. Imagine if App State beats North Carolina, right? They're bowl eligible, right? Uh, um, you know, it's, it's things like that that you go, wow, we could have had eight teams, almost nine teams possible be bowl eligible in this conference. And if we're not the elite group of five or potentially the fourth best conference in America, and people don't want to see that. They see the AEC and all the glory it gets and all that. I'll put the top five up against our top five from the, a, from the, from the AAC uh, to ours. Heck, heck, I'd put the top five against the ACC right now against our top five. About the only one to come out of there would be Clemson. Because North Carolina, NC State, and, and that crowd, they don't scare me. Notre Dame's playing better, but they're technically not an ACC. <laughs> Chili, what what did you what was your biggest surprise now that we've kind of come to this impasse in, in in the year right here before bowl season and championship? What what was your surprise, man? Um, well, for me, I, I we all knew South Alabama might be the team to beat 
in the West. We discussed that at the beginning of the year. We felt like they had a good shot to be the Western Division champions. They came up their second place, but they had a terrific season. So I saw a good year, but not like the year they had. Ten wins. They're going to a bowl. Um, they did a great job this year. I did not want to have to play them this year. I, I felt nervous about having to play them in a championship game. Not saying nothing against Troy. I'm just saying they worried me a little bit more. Um, to be quite honest with you, I think one thing that kind of surprised me this year was how well what you said a while ago, Georgia Southern making that transition, you know, everything changed. Mm -hmm. The head coach changed, schemes changed, um, philosophies all changed. And then at the end of the year, their biggest rival comes to their place. They beat them in two overtimes to make themselves bowl eligible and to prevent App State from having a postseason potentially. So that one, what to me, was a surprise. I know that's my lather game, but at the same time, I got to say hats off to Georgia Southern on what could have been a bad year and a bad transition. Their future is brighter this time of year with Clay Helton versus where it was before he took over. And um, that one game we had last year where we were watching and they had Clay Helton in the press box for the entire first quarter of the Clay Helton show during one of our games. That was irritating. I remember that from last year. But at the same time, you know, hats off to, to the Eagles down in Statesburg, guys. They, they are uh, Things are looking bright for them going forward, I think. I'll have to go find him another Kyle Van Trees who uh, went out and threw for almost 4,000 yards this season. Holy cow. But they've got guys and they've got a, you know, they've got things kind of, you know, going the way they want them in year one. So hats off to them. Yep. So let's break, let's break down this game that uh, let's be honest, we don't really want to break it down, but we owe it to, to our fans, our listeners, to ourselves, to the game of football in general, to, to to break it down and look, digest it, reflect on it, learn from it, move forward. Chilly, yeah, and just so we know, if we want to go around the belt and pick who we think is going to win the game this week, I'm going to go with Coastal. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah me too. That, but yeah, I'm a, let me see. Uh, what choices do I have? Um, coastal okay. or Coastal? Coastal. Or, or Coastal. 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 I'm going to go with Coastal. I'm you sure you don't want to go with Coastal? I'm going to go. Um, I'm, is this my trivia this, question? This is not trivia. You don't have to struggle with this one. This I'm going with Coastal. All right. So let's talk about the James Madison game that was. I'm going to throw a few stats out for conversation's sake. Here we go. Total yards. Coastal 183. JMAD 502. Passing Coastal 93. JMAD 287. Rushing Coastal had 90. Madison 215. Centeo was 17 of 32 for 287 and four touchdowns. Guest, 10 of 23 for 99 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Joe, help me with the running backs from James Madison's name again. I.J. Obese. Did I say it right? A.J. Obese. Thank you. A.J. You Obese. say it better than I do. Percy A.J. Obese. It looks like I.J. Obese. Anyway, he's seven carries for 83 yards. I'll put an asterisk beside that so I can pronounce it better. Uh, Guest was leading rusher for Coastal, 14 carries for 49 <laughs> yards. Ravenel, their leading receiver, five catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Mobley was our leading receiver, two catches for 38 yards. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, JT Killen, our leading tackler, he had six tackles, and Adrian Hope had one sack in the game. Joe, we always start with you, brother. You were there. What did you see from the headset? 
you know, a lot of those numbers pretty much tell the story. I, I felt good after the first quarter. I mean, yeah. you know, concerned about what we could do against their defense, you know, given the fact that we didn't have QB1 out there, total confidence that Jarrett Guest can move us and put some points on the board. And, you know, we did that in the first quarter. We held them to a field goal, drove down 75 yards, got them fooled on a fourth and one, right little fake right there, and then hit Tyson Mobley for the touchdown. And then, you know, towards the end of the quarter, they were kind of driving a little bit, held them to another field goal. And then I thought we were going to go down and maybe do something again. We had – and another drive going, converted a fourth and short. And then I think we got a – I don't know what you want to call that call. I mean, we – you know, Jarrett runs and he slides and he gets hit and here comes a penalty. And then, you know, of course, you know, you're thinking, okay, we're going to be up near midfield. Well, you know, the officials get together. And, of course, the longer they talk, they're <laughs> – I think Lane said they're going to they're gonna talk themselves out of it. And I've said, yeah, you're right. And, of course, they talk themselves out of that penalty. And then we don't, you know, we don't get that. And then we get an unsportsmanlike conduct call, which, you know, at some point we've got to stop this stuff. Got to stop this. Stuff. we got to stop it. Got to stop this kind of stuff, right? I mean, you know, this is killing us to do that kind of stuff. And that backs us up. We punt. They go score quickly. And, and, and from there, you know, we were on skates the rest of the day. You know, hats off to them. They had a great game. They played, you know, that's this was their bowl game. This was their – you know, you know, so-called championship game, and they can they crown themselves afterwards. So be it, and that's fine. We, you know, we didn't have to necessarily win that game. We already know that we're in the championship game. Good, right? So we already know in the championship game, and we're going. And that's just kind of the way it is. It was one of those games where we just went up there, and you know, I don't know that you know that you know defensively we didn't get many stops. We were. You know, playing from behind, obviously, and I uh, just as the as the game wore on, it was kind of like let's just get let's just go. You know, let's just kind of get this thing behind us. Let's get on the plane. So don't get anybody hurt, and let's look forward to the big picture. You know, which is this week, of course. You know, uh, us being the eligible team, and we're going against the ineligible team, which isn't going anywhere with an asterisk by their name. You know, for winning what they won, and they had a great year. Give them credit, but it is what it is. We're moving on. They're not. Plus, in my book. Get that game out of the way. We'll see them next year. Yeah, from 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 watching it from inside the helmet, it those first three drives were very telltale. Um, we had in the first three drives, I think we had five drop passes. We had three overthrows that were easily, you know, catchable. Should have been catchable balls there, overthrows. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, not having Grayson, you know, people have thought about if we had Grayson, we'd have won that game. Look, I don't know if we'd have won that game with Grayson or not. I agree. I don't know either. I, I don't know. Look, I'll, I'll say it. Um, I'm, I'm going to address something real quick before I forget it. We've got a handful of ball players. I'm not going to get any more granular than that, that need to understand the impact they have on the field with their actions, attitudes, and words. And there has been a consistent pattern of negative impact on some of our drives this year with some of our ball players that just need to as – as a current player, I can say it. And this isn't coming from a fan. This is from a guy that was in the huddle. Shut your mouth and get back in the huddle. That's all I'm going to say. We got, and, and, and we got them on all three phases of the football, all three sides of the football. We got a handful of kids. That just need to shut up and get back in the huddle. That's about as critical as I'm going to get, right? Um, but we do, to Joe's point. 
The other piece of this is I think we really need to recognize not having 10 in the game is a very impactful component, not only on the defensive coordinator, and I'm going to touch on this later for the Troy game, but not only for the defense coordinator that's prepping for McCall, but also the offense coordinator who understands that this kid's going to bring four touchdowns to the game every game he steps on the field, right? So they have to mitigate that with their offense plan, knowing, all right, we've got to score 29 or more. That does impact the play calling. To Joe's point, he alluded to this earlier, was when you do get down three touchdowns that early, you don't really overtly alter your game plan, but you got to start adjusting. You got to maybe start getting on the fringe of what you do extremely well to get into the fringe or gray area of play calling that has to be, I want to say, more risky, but just there's more risk reward is a better way of saying it. And when you're dropping passes and you're missing blocks, it does start to, again, affect some of the confidence level of the people on the field, offensive, defensively, and special teams. It does affect people in the box. It does affect the people on the sideline. It, it happens, right? It's a natural human element to anything that you do, whether it be work or a football game. So, and it just snowballed from there. And then to Joe's point, again, um, to really leverage what Joe's highlighted already, Chili, is you get to a certain point, it's like, all right, don't get hurt. You don't give up. But I, I, I'm not saying our no, guys you don't. Give up. You, you don't give up. up. No. But there's a, there's a little give. There is a little give. Not a give in. Not a give up. But there's a little give. And what I mean by that, folks that listen, is you get to those games and they're rare. They're rare in football, like this past Saturday was, where at some point you do hit a threshold of okay, let's don't get anybody hurt. Let's get them off the field. Let's get the hell out of here. Like I mean, that's just you get that way. Um, you know, if you want to dive into something real quick. Incomplete passes, drop balls, missed assignments, lack of energy, lack of attitude, and you're met with a team that is executing, that does have high energy, that does have an attitude, that to, on that day they have more purpose than you. The result is what you see, 47-7. to seven. Um, Is JMU 40 points better in Coastal? No. They're not. They were that day, though. I also won't forget – making the comment about we should have scored 65. And I'm going to give you a little heads up on that. You might want to eat those words every now and then because you just gave next year's team a reminder when you come back to Conway that if they can hang as many points as possible on there, I hope we hang 65 on his freaking backside. Uh, you know what? I mean, um, but i tell you what. That's good, though, because he could have not said a word and we'd have just eaten that game and rolled on. But I know for a fact that that 65 comment resonated with our team as bad as well as it resonated with me. So duly noted. We can get into the schematics. We can get into the play-by-play, the, the -play, if you will, breakdown. But to Joe and Chili, we talked about before the podcast, I don't know if there's really – it's ODU all over again, except we had a bigger picture this week. And I wasn't practiced today, and I talked to Gerard Clark in transition of, of, of different sessions, and I said, Big Gris, how we doing? He said – ODU. I said, oh, I said, uh, same kind of medicine. He goes, that was the best, worst thing that could have happened to us. So the team is utilizing this. They're internalizing this as, okay, we're a young team, man. And I cannot emphasize this enough, Joe. You talked about it. We are a young team, and y'all young teams 
unfortunately, they stumble like this. And when they stumble, it's not just a stumble. It's a uh, fall, it didn't just it's it a, didn't just a stumble. <laughs> it is a fall flat down your face stumble. But look, we're nine and two playing for a conference title and gonna go to a bowl with a chance to go eleven and two with two championships with a young team. I'm ready to flush JMU and 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 get to talking about the championship game versus Troy. That's where I want to spend my time. Yeah, you know, one more thing what, before we transition though is you asked about what my surprise was. Maybe my surprise, I look past it. Maybe the surprise I'm having is us. I'm sitting here with nine wins with a young team like we had with the injuries and the adversity we faced. Maybe the story that we should be talking about, we looked at the teams, it's important to look around the conference, but maybe the surprise is right here at home with us, kind of surviving some weeks, but still finding a way to win with those young guys. And some of those hard lessons may carry us on in years to come. Man, we we survived a bunch of weeks when you get right down to it. I mean, you go all the way yep. back to Army. I mean, that was a battle in the fourth quarter. Gardner-Webb was a battle. We had to come from behind in the fourth quarter. Buffalo, Buffalo. same way. I had to come from behind in the you know in the in the second half of that ball game. I mean, uh, Georgia Southern, we're we're ten down in the fourth quarter. We're double digits down in the fourth quarter. We rallied to win. That, yeah, well, well, I mean, it, well, Georgia Southern was that. That's the first time since Liberty in 2013 that we've come from double digits down in the fourth quarter to win a football game. You know, had had to do that. ULM was one of those weird games where we just kind of, you know, defense bailed us out that night because the offense went into mothballs after halftime. I mean, you know, it was a whole different, you know, a lot of different ways. All, you know, Marshall, we come out with three haymakers to start the game, and then we get to the finish line before they do. You know, again, because our, our defense played well. App, App State, you know, I mean, we're up seven late. We're in control of this game all the way, but all of a sudden it's a seven-point game. Plenty of time to go. We can't give them the ball back. Whoop, 47-yard pass right over the top. They never see the ball again. I mean, and, and then, of course, you know, the Southern Miss game where we have to survive without QB1. Jarrett goes out there, leads our offense. We get just enough, and we win a three-point ball game. We've won nine games this season. And our point differential is seven points. Think about yeah. that. We're we're a nine we're a nine and two team point differential overall on the season seven points. And, and that's just it again. I cannot overemphasize. I cannot overstress to our fan base is if you were going to get us, this was the year. Mm-hmm. We've said it. I understand. I've understand. I just look. I get my calls here still, and he may be back next year. I know Jamie's on the college show. He's ninety nine percent positive. My calls not coming back, but. You just never know, man. You just never know. At the same time, you got Bryce Archie, and we're going to touch on some things about the portal later. But to me, we have overachieved for this year, well overachieved. We're 9-2. and two. We want some great performances. We we did some really special things. Chili, I think you, it was a great prompt for us to assess and reflect on is we are 9-2. and 9-2. and two. I can't – I mean – nine and two in a year that prognosticators and all the experts and pundits said, man, they just get bowl eligible. Maybe seven wins would be a great year for them. And here we are nine and two. TD, I can think, I can think back to some of the texts you and I were sending back in August. I mean, thinking seven wins, eight would be great. Here we are at nine with two chances to get to 10, maybe even 11. It would be three years in a row of double digit wins would, would be the first time we've ever yep. done that. And our, you know, we've, we've strung three straight years together of double digit wins. And let me throw this out there too, for, for, to, to just give a little backdrop to those text messages. 
y'all, we love this program. We're passionate about it. We <laughs> sure invested. We're, we're, we're invested. We're engaged about this program, but we wouldn't be doing a podcast for free, right? And I'm going to say that what it is. We wouldn't be doing a thing for free and having to beg, borrow, still time from our wives and our kids to do this. But the reason we do it is because there was a space where there was hundreds and hundreds of people who want to to get this. And we've grown this. And we, and we, 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 we need to thank our listeners every chance we get. But thank you all. Thank you, our fans. Thank you, our listeners. Thank you, our engagement on social media. But the, the reasoning behind those texts is if you were to ask Jamie Chadwell right now, coach, every coach says they're going to go undefeated publicly. But internally, they know their team. And as being a former ball player and Joe being around the program for 20 years and Chile being a fan, you see things when you're around a program and you just know, hey, these guys are going to be good. They just got to grow up. Well, guess what? We grew up nine times, thankfully, in the winning column. And we grew up two times in the L column. We did. We grew up. To, to Big to big Grizz, to, to Jerry Clark's point, it was good medicine, man. It was good, bad medicine for us. It was So if you were to look at Jamie and say, Jamie, how do you think we did this year today? Man, you'd look at you and probably say, we're overachieving. And I love it. Because our, mm-hmm. our young guys our young guys have been put in places where they had to mature. And they beat mature teams. Here's what's nuts. Marshall, mature team. Southern Miss, mature team. JMU, I understand they're transitional, but they are—they have had that same offensive line now for two, almost three straight years. Mature team. Um, App, State. App State. App State Marshall, was the most mature team. And Georgia State. App State and Georgia State, the most mature, most experienced teams coming back, and neither one going bowling. And literally, we are – like the second youngest team in the conference. I can't remember who the other team was, but not by much. We're like the second Arkansas youngest State. team in the conference. Arkansas State, thank you. We're the second youngest team, and it's not by much compared to Arkansas State. Go look what Arkansas State did this year. I think they were four and eight. Like it was bad, right? Perspective, reflection. I don't want to lament on it, but I just want to make sure, Chili, I cannot thank you enough for prompting Joe and I to just reflect on that. Man, that was awesome. That was a great point. We're three and nine. Belt. I mean, three and nine. Excuse me. Three Arkansas and nine. State. Arkansas three State. Nine. Yeah. Three and nine. They're three and nine, y'all, and they're younger than we are, and not by much. To Jamie's point, we lost twenty of twenty-five starters last year. And imagine this: we lost our RB one, RB two, and RB four coming out of camp or at the Army game. We lost our starting safety. We lost starting tight end. We lost starting receiver. We lost starting cornerback. We just kept figuring it out, man. So, um, Chili, let's jump into Troy. Let's jump into Troy, man. And as I'm reading some stuff off and sharing some information with you, I'm going to share also on my screen some breaking news. So make sure we all see this too, because sometimes on the YouTube channel, you see just the person who's talking. So I'm going to have that up most of the time while I'm sharing this TD. This is great. One time I'm talking about uh, Strut Podcast Nation, Uh, breaking news. JMU, you can watch the championship game this Saturday on local station 206. That's the high definition channel, actually, at 330. Station, it's Spectrum 206 this Saturday at 330. You can watch the uh, Sun Belt title game. Thank you, Chili. No problem. So, Troy was established back in 1887 as a teacher's college. They had their first football. In 1909, for years, the school was named Troy State University. They also recalled Troy Normal College. Um, they won their first national title as an NAIA school in 1968. 
They won a Division II national championship in 1984 over North Dakota State and won another one again in 87. I forgot who the team was they beat for the second one, but it was not North Dakota State. In 2001, Troy moved to Division I football, TD. Troy's mascot name is T-Roy. I like it. It's kind of a typo because they hit hit T and there's like accidental space bar, then Roy. But you know, it's T Roy Joe. So we're going to see T Roy. It's not Seymour to campus. No, no. He loves it. Look at him. So uh, Troy has an greatest of all time of of roughly eighteen thousand. I just learned this going through this before I jump into some football stuff. Um, Troy is a flagship campus of the Troy University system. There's more than one Troy University throughout Alabama. I think there's three or four campuses. Um, mm-hmm. And just a heads up, too, Sunbelt title game will kick off this Saturday, 3.30 ESPN, Channel 206 in Harrisonburg, if you've got Spectrum or Direct TV. Um, Troy on the year, 10-2, and 7-1 in the Sunbelt action. Their losses this year were to Ole Miss and App State. Coming into the game, Troy is number nine in the conference in total offense, number two in total defense. Their running back, Vidal, number five in the conference in rushing. Watson, quarterback, is number nine in passing. Trez Johnson, the number nine overall receiver in the conference in receiving. Carlton Marshall, somebody we've always recognized as a stud linebacker from Troy. Mm-hmm. He's number two in the stud. conference in tackles. And they've got a uh, defensive lineman, I think, is TJ Jackson. He could be a linebacker, too. If y'all know better, correct me. Um, he is number five in the conference in quarterback sacks. So that's a quick brush about Troy. Um, I can go into their schedule if y'all want me to. It's not a problem, but I don't know if we need to because they had a really good year with just two losses, one to a very good Ole Miss team and one on a Hail Mary against App State, which they never really should have lost that game. Go ahead, TD. What no, you got? They should. There's, there's, I, think there's, I think we can touch on their schedule in four ways. I think – I think it would be relevant to our fans and our and our and our listeners to to give some um, linear competition. Um, at, they they lost to App State to, to Chili's point, thirty two twenty eight on the Hail Mary and Jesus play, and they lost to Marshall at home sixteen to seven in an absolute. They beat Marshall at home. No, they, they beat Marshall. They beat, excuse me. They beat Marshall at home sixteen to seven. Thank you uh, on the NFL Network in, a, in an absolute defensive dogfight. Um, they beat Southern Miss twenty-seven to ten. They beat uh, Army ten to nine and had to score in the fourth quarter to make it ten to nine. And then uh, those are the four in ULM thirty-four sixteen. But they didn't pull away from ULM until again, also the fourth quarter. I bring that up because those are the four comparative teams that we have now. Again, a team evolves, ladies and gentlemen who listen to us, uh, Strut Podcast Nation. They there is a team. I'm just going to shorten that. Can I just start saying strutties? Strutties. There is uh, uh, according to the Twitter poll, they like strutters. Strutters. All right, strutters. Joe, the strutters. Those four teams. Mm. Those four teams are what you can look at. And the App State team they played on the 17th is not the App State team we played later in the year, and so forth and so on. I guarantee that Marshall team was not the Marshall that is eight and four right now. To Joe's point, so I just. You know, looking at that, it's interesting to look at those teams and how they played them. They played them close outside of one game. Um, I will say this. Here's an interesting fun fact for you. Troy has held eight of its last ten opponents to less than 100 yards rushing. The Trojans have faced the nation's number two and number three rushing attacks this season, Army and Ole Miss. 
Take out those two games, and the Trojans have allowed only 87 yards per game, which is about two and a half plus yards of carry. So when we go into breaking down how we beat Troy, that's going to feed in to what I have for my keys for success on Saturday. They've they've held their last seven opponents to less than 20 points. They scored 34 points in the fourth quarter the other day against Arkansas State. They actually trailed Ark State going into the fourth quarter in a game they, they had did. to win to sew up the West. They were down 19 to 14 <laughs> and unleashed a 34-point barrage on Ark State in the fourth quarter. Now, I think they scored on the first play of the fourth quarter. I think they were driving, and they, they punched were. it in with Vidal, and then the next thing you know, <laughs> and that's what championship teams do. When they have an opportunity to put somebody away, that's what they do, and they did that. And so, you know, you look at them, you talk about Carlton Marshall, 554 career tackles, which is the most ever by a player at the NCAA FBS level. I mean, and he's had two monster games against us in the past, the one at Troy in 2020 that we pulled out of the fire, and then, you know, last year at the, at Coastal, I mean, he's just he is a beast, heck of a football player. I know, and I, I think he's probably the defensive player of the year in the league. If he's not up for for national defensive player of the year, which he is, he's up for the uh, um, the Burl the Burlsworth Trophy. Um, and, that's, that, and that's a former walk on. That's a former walk on that has missed. You know, you know, you know, you know who he reminds me of Joe. He reminds me of. Uh, he reminds me of a certain young man who won conference player of the year multiple times for us in the Big South. You're going, you're going to talk about Quinn Backus, aren't you? Quinn Backus. He yep. and Quinn Backus are about the same size, about five nine. They're about, not, about, they're not big guys, about, but they, two, they know where the ball is and they know how to tackle people and be a big time you know, impactful defensive football player. Two fifteen, maybe on a, you know, in a, in a little bit of a rainstorm. This kid's not very big. The kid's just. He's just a tackling machine, man. He just knows where to be. <laughs> mm -hmm. young, if you want, I tell you what, you won't hear me speak this highly of a, of a young man we play against. But if you want your son, who may enjoy playing football on the defensive side, if you want to watch someone who plays that linebacker position skillfully, appropriately, and soundfully, and with discipline. You watch this Saturday. I hope he doesn't do that well against us, but in all seriousness, the young man, I, I watched him in that Arkansas State game. I watched film on him. He's not going to wow you with some big top 10 ESPN hit, but if he gets his hands on you, you're not going anywhere. You go you go to the ground, he gets back in the huddle and goes to work. I mean, that's just that's just what he does. He reminds me of Quinn Backus, man. He just – he's no, he knows where the ball's at. He, he, he puts that – that's where it starts too. He's gonna he's gonna get that defense lined up too. He is is he's another coach on the field, man. And you hear that analogy all the time. He is another coach on the field. So, Joe, what do you think, man? In terms of in terms of this game, what do you how do you feel? See it, you know, from well, from, yeah, from, from a, up a, in the booth. <laughs> you know, a lot's going to depend on who's out there taking snaps. I mean, I don't know that it's a whole lot more complicated than that. I mean, honestly, let's I start, mean, we let's start here. there. Well, you know, we sit here, we sit here recording on a Tuesday night. We're not sure what's going to happen. I mean, Jamie was non-committal yesterday. Of course, they haven't made a decision. Don't know if he's going to be cleared or not. But again, you mentioned it a minute ago, a minute or two ago. I mean, 
if 10's on the field, that doesn't, you know, necessarily, you know, put it puts a lot of pressure on their defense, but it also puts pressure on their offense to figure out how they're going to score, you know, because you know that Grayson's going to score this football with this offensive football team multiple times. And it doesn't really, you know, they're a great, they're a great defensive team, but we're going to figure out a way to put several scores on that board if he's out there. If he's not, then, you know, Jared Gesson, he's going to have to figure some things out. We're going to have to play better offensively. We're going to have to execute better, have to catch the ball better, have to run the ball better, you know, do a whole lot of things better against a great defense, one of the best in FBS football. One of our coaches and one that our, you know, that our coaches believe is the best we'll see all year. And that says a lot considering some of the defensive football teams we've seen. Marshall, Southern Miss, James, you know, JMU, all great defenses. They think this one is the best, and I happen to agree. So we'll just – Really, honestly, what what it comes down to on offense, who we have out there, and then you know defensively, can we stop these guys? Can we get them off the field? If we do have ten available, and if we are able to score some points, our defense has to come through. Really, I don't think it's I don't think it's all that complicated. I really don't. No, again, I you know you you, you took a little bit what I, I'm gonna dovetail in quickly, but here's the deal: if ten's in the game. It puts pressure on the OC and the DC of the opposing team. The OC, because he knows 10 is going to bring 28 points to the game. He's got to score 29. All the defense coordinator knows we got to not allow them to score 28 points. Having our full complement of running backs back, that changes things for us too. We need to, in my humble opinion, from what I've seen on film, from what we can do with 10 in the game. So I'm going to start there with what we can do with 10 in the game. And then I'm going to go with what without. With 10 in the game, what he does is he forces a defense to take a step back. When Jared Guest and Bryce Carpenter game, and please know when you hear this, I have a lot of love and admiration and respect for these young men because they wear the same colors I did for, you know, for four years. They wear the same colors I do as an alum, and they wear the same colors I do as a fan. So take this for what it is. I'm not being critical, but it's the facts of life when it comes to what we're trying to accomplish, which is when a Sun Belt championship this Saturday down in Troy. When 10 is in the game, they have to expand their defense of space. When 7 or 12 are in the game, they can condense it in the box. The box, the new box that is three yards outside the tackle and about eight yards deep. They can put almost nine guys in that box with no threat of being really risky over the top or or vertically. All right. Um, it gets that much more challenging when our receivers do not catch the football or our running backs do not catch the football or we do or we have some missed assignments on some close runs to where instead of getting five yards we get two yards that being said my keys to the game on offense are with 10 in we establish the run early establish the run early attack the edge attack the edge make them make a decision on run or pass the rpo with 10 is going to be the difference maker uh, if he can go, that's going to be a difference maker. If he can't go, then to Joe's point, we then have to shorten the game with the running game as best as possible. We have to shorten. We have to shorten the game up, keep the clock turning, and and minimize errors. And almost we have to get very boring on offense very quickly. All right, but this game, I do believe we're going to get a few offensive weapons back that we did not have last week. Hopefully, ten is one of them. If ten is uh, eighty-four. Is another one that that look he could be back this week too, tight end. He could be back if he is. He's a threat. So I think 
my two main keys for offense, we have to attack the edge on them, force them to make a decision on RPO, and then utilize the play action over top, right? It's just as simple as that. I could get granular on what the data I have and whatnot, but for those that are listening, there it is right there. If we attack the edge, utilize that at play at play action over top, we're going to pop some big yardage. We're going to pop some big pop some big uh, scoring play. Defensively, it's as simple as this. Play assignment football on the back end. If we don't, it is going to be an all-out freaking track race. It will. The front seven can do everything in their power. If the back end does not play assignment football, it will not matter. I'm just going to say it as simply as that. Um, we can put all the pressure on them we want, but if we cannot defend the back end of our defense, look, ladies and gentlemen, we're we're going into game 11 now. Is that right? Yeah. Game 12. 11? 12. Excuse 12. me. That's right. Game 12. Yeah, because it would have been 13. That's right. Um, we're going into game 12. We know what we can and can't do well on offense defense. We know what we can and can't do well uh, with regards to special teams. Um, Defensive defensive keys. Can we can we hold them? Can we do what we did to Marshall? If you want a game plan on how to beat Troy, go back and look at Marshall. That's the one thing I want to highlight. If we can do what we did to Marshall, holding that run attack to limited yardage, that's the key. But what was the one thing we could not do very well in that game? We couldn't defend the pass in the middle third of the field. If we can shut the middle third of the field down between our safeties, I'm telling you, that offense for them um, can be mitigated. The Johnson kid for them, if y'all don't remember, that kid is lightning fast. Mm -hmm. He is big game, breakaway speed fast. Uh, Vidal is going to be your ground and pound, three to five yards between the tackles. He's sneaky fast to the outside, by the way. He's sneaky fast, but uh, Tez Johnson is he, – he looks like Ted Ginn out there running sometimes back when Ted Ginn was at Ohio State. So, um, I, 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 you know, I, I don't know if we can get off – I don't know if we can get a special teams play this week, but I think It'd a special teams play – a special teams helpful. play this week. So, can we, can we be effective on offense? Can we steal possession on offense? I mean, on defense. I go. I've said this about. If you can steal one or two possessions and give the ball back to hopefully ten, who's hopefully dressed out, we're going to win this game. I feel like I have. TD, I got two things. I was just thinking about too is penalties and turnovers. I think if we can win those two battles, and because we talked about this at the beginning, where there's been some not so smart penalties on our part throughout the season here and there, maybe one per game at this point. If we can win a turnover battle and not shoot ourselves in the foot with penalties, I think that's going to give us a good chance too. If we're down personnel as we're, we're thinking we possibly could be, it does not help when you hurt yourself, when you're already down a few people, one or two, whatever. So I'm for me, it's going to come down to um, penalties and turnovers. Can that's we force a fumble? Can we get an interception? Whatever. Even if you kept you talk about special teams, even if there's like a you know botched punt return, or you fumble on one of those, or you you know 
get a good kick down inside the five or whatever. I think that counts sometimes as a turnover in some cases. So I, I'm looking for stuff like that, the hustle stuff, if you will. It, well, it's not a turnover, but Chili, great point. Um, and, and, and Joe, he's touched on another great point for us is flipping the field. If this thing gets into an absolute war of turf, can we flip the field one time through the punt game or maybe not a return for a touchdown or a block punt, but a return of at least 10 yards or more? For those that don't recognize it and understand, if you can get a return of 10 yards or more, that is another first down. That is that is a first down that your offense does not have to get. That's a first down that if your team went three and out and only gained a handful of yards, you can flip the field on a well de- – a well-defended punt or a well-ran uh, return punt, excuse me, a well-returned punt by at least 10 yards or more. You know, we, nobody has to do anything. And I'll use Jamie's words exactly today at practice when I talk to him. We don't need anybody to do anything extraordinary. We just need to do what they do ordinary really, really well. Do what you do better than what they do. Just do – Just you don't have to – this game Saturday does not need an extraordinary play. It just needs everybody to do what they do ordinary really, really well. Mm-hmm. So, Y'all, um, TD, are you going Saturday? Uh, I'm going to – if you're listening to this, the Alumni Association is working on a watch party at a uh, downtown Conway business. And we are look for Diane Sanders and her team to finalize that between now and Friday. But we're working on a watch party at some downtown businesses in Conway and some restaurant bars in downtown Conway to, to do that. Details to follow. But uh, I will be watching it from uh, one of the one or two places downtown Conway that are going to have a watch party. So if you're listening yeah, to this, Joe, come on downtown. Joe, I know you'll be there. Um, you've been to Troy before. Is that right, Joe? Yes, twice. Okay. So, um, speaking of having to go to Troy, if you're looking to get around Troy this weekend for the game, and we do need a lot of shots in the stadium, and if you're, again, finding it difficult to get around, let me suggest the wooden horse, everyone rides everywhere system. That's the W-H-E-R-E, wooden horse, everyone rides everywhere system. You'll get any place if you arrive on one of Ware's wooden horse taxis. The gates to the stadium, restaurant, palace, or any fortification will open right up and allow you and your party of at least 30 or more to invade. I mean, enjoy. That's the Wooden Horse Everyone Rides Everywhere Transit Authority. Where are you going? We are going to win the title. Chili, you amaze me with your creativity and talent to, to <laughs> somehow weave in some great history on all this stuff. Uh, it's going to be an electric atmosphere down there, so make sure you get an Uber Lyft or a Ware rocking horse, wooden horse to get you there, whichever one gets you there. Um, yeah, because you know Auburn and Alabama are not playing, and so the fans that might normally, you know, get be distracted and pulled away from a Troy game, which shouldn't happen. I mean, we uh, the G five teams seemingly have to deal with this kind of nonsense all the time. The Georgia Southern people have to deal with it. Uh, you know, Louisiana. You know, Troy people have to deal with it. I mean, you know, who, who do you pick and hey, who do you pick and choose from? Hey, look, Alabama and Auburn are not playing. <laughs> the, the, everybody that can come to that game in that part of the state and, and parts beyond will be there. It, I expect that place to have thirty thousand plus and and just a crazy atmosphere. It's going to be loud. 
it's going to be it, it could potentially be the largest crowd we've played in front of uh i know we were at twenty one thousand when we had app state at home but um that stadium holds 20 seated uh but they're well, like to do they had 30 think, they had 30 plus in there to have about 30 for the army game yeah they're they're expect they brought in some additional uh, uh stands for the army game and and uh they're gonna they're expecting about thirty thousand. um mm-hmm. but i think for our guys i think that i think that's actually going to be a good thing joe said it best you look at our road look at what we've done on the road this year minus jmu but keep it in context look at what we've done on the road this year you know, the last three years we've only lost twice in three years on the road in true road on games. the road twice true road games we've lost twice and i think there's a different mentality we're coming off an embarrassing loss. Call that what it is. It was embarrassing. You get on a flight. You get there. You're in enemy territory. Nobody wants you there. Everybody's against you. It's you versus the belt. It's you versus Troy. There is a unique mentality to going into a place like this, ladies and gentlemen, to where you play for the silence, not for the roar. And there is something uniquely different to play for the silence of listening to maybe your 500 fans that are there for you and there's 28 or 29,000 fans for somebody else. That is a unique experience to score a touchdown, make a big catch, make a big hit, and that place goes silent, eerie silent. I'll tell you this, from from 2020, they had 12,000 there. They put as many as they could in there because of COVID. 12,000 was the maximum they could get in there. And those 12,000 were making a ton of noise. And we went down the field with a minute 20 on the clock and scored at about 35 seconds, went 75 yards, boom, 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 10 fines highly for the game winner. And that place went deathly silent. It was a tremendous way to finish a football game. And you're talking about going into enemy territory, everybody against us down there, the fans against us. You know, Sunbelt against us. You know, the, the JMU Twitter Warriors, they're against us. You know, everybody's against us right now. So we're going to have to circle the wagons and go down there and win. Their right. stadium capacity is officially 30,402 people. I just checked the website. That's what they listed as uh, Veterans Memorial Stadium, by the way. In my research, cool. they said great that um, one of the yep. big things about Troy Joe was they they honor veterans a lot of that, that university. So they named the uh, stadium veterans memorial stadium to uh to honor that i thought that's pretty cool um, i love them for that you know then they had they got up they they for the for the army game i think they got they got a chinook somehow or another and did some did some things with a chinook had like a a, a pre-game hype video with a chinook from there locally cool. i thought that i thought that was really i, I really love troy university for the way that you know, their their involvement with the military really lo- love that about them so according oh, to this what Go ahead, Didi. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was about to do uniform reveal. Oh, I, can I can I touch on something real quick? I just thought that was interesting. Is is if you break down just a little more, just to give you a little bit of data point, just for heads up to, to yours and Joe's points. Gunnar Watson, who is the, um, the you know the opposing quarterback, he's thrown for just as many yards as Grayson. Just let this sink in. Grayson has twenty-one TDs to one interception. He's thrown 10 TDs to 10 interceptions. This kid is prone. If we can get to him, to your point, this I, I, was, I was looking for because I remember I saw it in some of the analysis I read, but I couldn't remember how many he had. But he's had 10 TDs for 10 interceptions. So that kid is equally as dangerous 
to be productive as he is equally as dangerous to be risky with the ball. And for all things that Vidal has done, you know, you go look collectively of what we've done the last few weeks as far as running the ball. We got more TDs and, and yards he does. And then, and then Sam, I, you know, for everything that Tess Johnson's done, his numbers aren't any better than Sam Pinckney's. I was just looking at that. His overall numbers this year, he's got two more touchdowns. That's it than, than Sam does. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, that they score. Here we go, Joe. I, I remember I wanted to bring this up. This is why I, I couldn't find it in my notes. To the point that if when 10's on the field, they score 24 and a half points a game. We score 29.4, and that's including a seven-point output last game. So we were we were over 30 points a game. And it and 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 their their 40 plus, they just scored Arkansas State, elevated their points per game to get to 24-6. So let that sink in. Points allowed though, just under 17 for Troy and 29 for us. So mm-hmm. that's the ticket, right? That's 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 where you know um, that's where we're gonna have to get really really aggressive. But I just thought that I, I remember some of those data points stuck out to me um, uh, early in the analysis of this team was if we can get some pressure on Gunnar Watson too. So I just want to add that before we get off. If we can put that kid in positions where he's having to make decisions on the run, look out he could get he he could get real risky with the ball, real risky with the ball. All right, so according to the football equipment guys, I thought this was kind of funny. They sent me the note about what the uniform was going to be. They said it came down to an intense game of rock, paper, scissors. Nice. And so, Joe, this week's uniform, white helmets, white jerseys, teal pants. I like it. Okay, white, white teal. I like okay. it. I white, like white it. teal. I like it. I texted, um, I texted Jamie today. I said, hey, we, we should wear teal helmets for this thing. <laughs> What was the well time joke? He said. He said. Uh, <laughs> he said. Uh, I thought about it. And uh, he no. still. Uh, I'm telling you, he still loves that helmet. We've not seen. I the think last it's a beautiful it. helmet. I just wish it we had better looking. Best looking it. helmet we got. We just don't play with know. dirt in it. TD, we had a. You never know, TD. Never. You never know when I think might turn up. TD, you're wearing a teal hat right now. You can't talk bad about that. You look at that, Joe. You see it? Hey, he's got teal. You never know. Oh, we yeah. might pull. We might pull it out for the bowl game. You never know. You never so, know, um, TD. TD, I need a little assistance. If you don't know this, it's okay. No big deal. Um, we did tailgate of the week, and Alex Catron was talking about how we need to open it up to people who tailgate at home or outside, which it always has been. I forgot who the person we had that retweeted it. Um, it was somebody who was tailgating at home watching the game, but he was mentioned in that. So if you know who you are, feel free to tweet back at us. I'll give you a shout out on next week's show. Uh, did the uniform? Was it Dan? No, Dan I, I wasn't Dan. I don't think it was Dan. No, it was Dan Sign. It was Dan Sign. You're it right. Was, it was Dan Sign. Dan, Dan Sign. Dan, Thank you. Dan and Alex both tweeted. I think uh, a few other people yep. tweeted at uh, the tailgate. So that was awesome, man. Thank y'all. But that. Dan Sign is this week's Brian Quigley tailgater of the week. <laughs> That's what we're calling so now. now. Until we, until we get a sponsor, calling. it's the Brian Quigley tailgater of the week, and we know he listens. Um, TD, your trivia question. Are you ready? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we do that, I do want to say that the Strut Podcast is now officially an award-winning podcast. Just this week, uh, some of our uh, other counterparts in other parts of the Sun Belt had a little different contest. If you retweet this tweet, you are entered into a contest to win a sticker that I'm going to give away. So as a joke, 
I retweeted something that one of the App State fans named Sammy the Salt Sheriff did, um, and he chose 10 people at random. Folks, the Strut Podcast won an award from App State this week. So I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's coming to my place. I may just give it to Joe because I know Joe loves you know yellow and black as far as that goes, as far as App State fans go. But he was trying to do a promotion for App State football uniforms to keep the sleeve stripes. So he has a yellow and black sticker that's coming my way. I'll share it with you guys. If one of y'all wants it, you're welcome to it. Um, but it says keep the sleeve stripes. So it may look good on my man cave fridge. That's he funny. Can keep, he can keep the sticker. How about that? No, I'm keeping a sticker. That's that's like, you know, you get the, the banner. I'm hanging it up. TD, here's your trivia question. This I'm might always... be a softball question, Joe. I don't know. TD, who is... Yes. Thank you. Who is this season's leading rusher? Uh, CJ Beasley. Do you know how many yards, roughly? I'll give you a, uh, within, within 25 yards. I think he's like 608, 610, something Ooh. like that. You're close. That's you are very good. close. Well, man, I have, do I have 642? <laughs> oh, that was close enough, man. That was close enough. <laughs> Come on. Give, give, look, I've, I've been on the schneid here the last two weeks, man. Give me give me a little bit. You got it. You got CJB. That was the question. I'm just seeing if you had a, had the yardage down pat. 672, officially. All right. 672. All right, there we go. That might have been what he went in with the JMU game before. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Is he was six oh eight or six oh six or something like that before the JMU game. And speaking, uh, but he was he's leading rusher. So this Saturday, Coastal will be playing in the championship game at Troy. Three mm-hmm. thirty kickoff on ESPN. Um, JMU, you can see on the screen here because we know you'd like to keep up with us. Um, Joe, you've got a visual as well. And we're just going to have TD sitting there laughing about it. But there's how you find it. Joe has the information on our championship. Sunbelt Conference East Division champions. Your Coastal Conner Clears. Officially. Face off against the men of Troy from Troy. Oh, yes. The men of Troy. The men of Troy. I wonder if there's a guy on their roster named Troy. That'd be kind of cool to look up, wouldn't it? Troy, Troy? Um, Troy, Troy, Troy. So... Has done it again. They've got some guy named Seymour to campus on their uh, roster too. Uh, so, TD, in honor of you, I did kind of compile mascot names from the Sun Belt, and I think Seymour to campus might be the best one, Joe. But I want to run something no, by y'all. There is no question that Seymour to campus. Outside of Chauncey, outside of Chauncey, outside well, uh, ex- excluding Coastal when we talk well, about we this love kind Chauncey of stuff. for a different reason though. Exactly, Seymour to, campus. Seymour to campus is the hands down winner. No, no questions asked, no doubt about it. Oh man, TD, who's Dude. got the mascot whose name is Gus? Who is that one? Oh, that's uh, all right. Here we go. Right. This is going to be a makeup quiz. Uh, right. Georgia, Georgia Southern. Good. Who has um, Ace? Um, uh, ace, ace. Uh, Joe, you got it. Good. No uh, uh, Monroe. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Um, who has mascot that is named Pounce? Uh, uh, J- uh Georgia State. Yes, 
We know who Yosef is. We know who Duke Dog is. But do you know who Marco is? Um, Marco, Marco, not Polo, Marco. Um, I do. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So he's got three for three so far. Time out, time out. It's not app. It's not app. It's not James. He's calling time out during trivia again, Joe. It's uh, <laughs> time out, time out, time out. It's either uh, oh, it's uh, it's Marco's the uh, the Bobcat at, at Texas State. Oh, no, no, no. Marco is what you call time out again. I mean, is he the only got one left? Is he the Red Wolf at Arkansas State? No, it's actually Marshall. Is it Marshall? Marshall. Um, who, Marshall, figured, Marshall, Marshall. I figured Marco because it's San Marcos, Texas is where Texas State is. Okay. okay, okay. I like uh, that. Was my, that was my, that was my uh, okay. deductive reasoning there. I'm going to give you one more. Give me one more. Boco. Yeah, that was a, that was a great club at, at Broadway the Beach when I was at Coastal. Um, I thought that was Boca. Bo, dude, two drinks in. You didn't care what it was. Um, that's the way he said it, Joe. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're going to Boco. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Boco. Boco. Well, it's not Texas State. It's not. It's it's not anybody in the east. It's not anybody in the east, unless it's OD. It could either be ODU. I'm trying to process a little bit next year. Did ODU, Arc State. You got one timeout left. All right. I'm going to go Boca, Boca. Uh, I'm going to go Texas State. It is Texas State. Boca the <laughs> Bobcat. Yes. I'm so proud That's, of you, TD. Man, you, you need to give me more of these kind of trivia questions. I do better at that than I do my own damn trivia. <laughs> you, TD. <laughs> oh, mm. man. I made a, <laughs> he cussed. Uh, Joe, tell us about the coach's calling show. Yes. Well, the last one. When is this going to drop? So we're going to have this the last one Wednesday of the season. Morning. Okay, so if this drops Wednesday morning, we will have the uh, Sunbelt Championship edition of the Coaches Show right back at Walk On Sports Bistro 7 to 8 tonight. Uh, and, of course, Coach will be there, and we'll talk about Troy. We might talk a little bit about what happened last weekend, but we'll have a lot of fun getting ready for the championship game this coming Saturday. And, of course, we'll have a special bowl edition to be determined, location to be determined, all that. That'll come, you know, a couple of weeks after that. And then, of course, our game broadcast will start at 2 Eastern time. Hot Talk 99.5, you can catch the Coaches Show. You can catch, of course, our game broadcast 2 o'clock Eastern or the 3.30 kickoff on Saturday. Joe, will you bring up Sunbelt mascots to Coach Chadwell? I should do that. Text me that stuff. Text I will. Hey, send send me that him, information. Tell him that I was five for six, though. <laughs> I'll, I'll you, definitely do that. But you call that. two timeouts. Like he still has one remaining. He's got one left in the pocket. So that's right. I got one David. in the pocket. Tell him I was five or six, and uh, he's got to go six for six. It's the only way it works. The only way it works. Or, where can we find you? Uh, other than here on the porch and at the to be determined. Oh, by the way, we will uh, send out the alumni uh, uh, watch party information, but uh, you can find me at tr underscore danley on Twitter, and of course, Travis Danley on facebook and then that's drop podcast on twitter and facebook as well and then the alumni tailgate uh the games at 3 30 alumni tailgate um watch party at a downtown uh conway uh, alumni owned business 
will be starting time starting around three. So details to come on that. Diane Sanders is working on that as we speak. TD, I think your Twitter handle should be something related to the word porch. I'm just saying. You can call time out and think about it. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Strut Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by typing in the Strut Podcast. When you get to YouTube, click subscribe. You can see all of our fun videos, and you always get a chance to watch TD struggle through trivia. It's always fun. Um, you can also find Ooh. us at the strutpodcast.wordpress.com for our blog site. Um, I think that's all we have. TD, you got something else? I did. Uh, to all the guys and gals on Twitter who follow us, who asked, would there be a post-game live uh, chat after that? Twitter after space. On Twitter, with Twitter space. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that. And there also might be a special edition of the Strut Podcast prior to the countdown to kickoff uh, at the To Be Determined alumni tailgate watch party. So we'll keep you posted on that, too. And if you're there at those parties with TD, make sure you, uh, you know, just he loves for you to hang all over him and be and be drunk off of a, a chili amber ale or an Info Joe IPA. He just loves it. He'll take you on the porch and yell at you. It's great. It's great, man. <laughs> oh man, hey, hey, this is not our final episode, but y'all, to all the strutters of Strut Podcasts, sincerely, um, the the episodes that we've done this year and last year, this episode, chili. If I'm wrong, uh, if I'm wrong, this is going to put us over four thousand spins. We are very close. Um, and and all honesty, fans, thank you because we are averaging about 100 plays per episode at this point. Um, this is episode number 22 in season two. So, TD, we can honestly and not to brag, but we can see 4,000 probably before the bowl game this year. Yeah, and we will. Hey, remember, like we did last year, we'll have this. We'll have this episode here, and then. We'll have another episode after the bowl game, and we will do one leading up to the bowl game because whatever bowl game we go to is not going to be far off. It's not going to be any more than about two two weeks away two, from the two end to of three the weeks, game. maybe two so to three weeks. We'll, we'll, so what we'll do is we'll have a post post conference uh, championship wrap up. I don't know if we'll know who our bowl team is there yet, but if we do, we'll begin to highlight some of that. There'll be some postseason awards from around the conference. We'll highlight that as well. Hopefully, some of our guys get honored with some of those things. And then we'll start prepping for whoever we we have in the bowl game and wherever we're going. Well, we'll we'll know the bowl opponent Sunday after we'll, you know, after, okay. after, after this because uh, everything will be announced and dropped. If we don't know if we don't know before Sunday, we will know by Sunday by Sunday cob. We will know who we're where we're going, what bowl we're in. Gotcha. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Joe Pat. So, hey, look, you got the calling show tomorrow night. And walk on. You've got the uh, countdown to kickoff with Joe. You may have a little live remote with Chili and I and Joe potentially. But either way, a lot going on. Send us out. Hey, send us those uh those home gate uh, pictures. And if you're at the game, tag us, man. And if, if you're near there, get Joe a Red Bull. Nighttime is the right time, Joe. I tell you what, Joe, it's three thirty kickoff. This is like perfect for you, man. This is perfect for me. I mean, <laughs> we got Joe Cashin weather. Yeah, two thirty, two thirty local time there. So that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. But still 3.30 in Harrisonburg. That's right. Yep. TD, uh, say Sean's up for me real quick. <sighs> Sean's up, baby. Now, be honest. How'd you do against TD when it came to your mascot challenge? 
It was totally improvised. We had no idea it was going to happen. But anyway, we did it, and it was awesome. So this Saturday, Sunbelt Conference Championship game, Coastal travels to Troy, 3.30 kickoff on ESPN, 2.30 local time in Troy. And that's a 3.30 kickoff also in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where James Madison is. So having said all that, we look forward to talking to you next week. We love your feedback. You know how to find us. We just talked about that at the end of the show. You always can hit us up on the Look Here Bubba Talkback line. That is still around. You can click the link to the show, go into our account, click the link again, and just um, just leave us a message. Let us know how you're doing, what you're feeling. If you got any questions, we love hearing from you. And as always, you can find us on our Twitter account, Facebook, YouTube, all that cool stuff. So thanks for checking us out. And again, this week, we will see you next week. Sean's up.